Like Pogs, Ska, and AOL, Blockbuster Video is long gone. Unlike those things, we still have fond memories of Blockbuster. And on the Talkbuster podcast, host Chris Shipman helps us relive those bygone days. Every episode, Chris Shipman and a guest remember their times at the Blue and Gold and share stories of their time there, giving you a rare insight into your neighborhood video rental store. Find it on your favorite podcasting site today. Hello and welcome to Geeks of Grimdark, your home for everything Warhammer, be they elves or Eldar, Space Marines or Stormcast, we've got you covered. I'm Lord Commander Ulrich, and with me as always is... The Shield Brother, Axel Wright. How goes it? Uh, stressfully. So, for those who don't know, I just bought a house. So, I'm working on moving stuff in. I only got home, like, literally about 15 minutes ago, and I was already kind of late to a recording session. I have not eaten anything so I have a bowl of watermelon next to me to give me some sustenance, so sorry if it picks up on the mic. <laughs> All right, let's roll on into our patron sound off. These are the people that give us money to listen to us talk. They are Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin Vay, Brendan Agnew, John Vinnels, Kit Kenny, Solomansky, and Seth Decker. Now, if you'd like to join that illustrious legion, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash geeks with shields. 25 cents means a dollar a month, and that gets you early access to all our content. A little bit more, more uh, and more extra content. More than that, even more extra content. See how this works? Anyway, because this is Geeks of Grimdark, as always, we have a guest. So why don't you introduce yourself? Geeks of Grimdark, weep as you suffer the fate of your corpse god. We have come for you. I have been waiting to do that for you don't know how long. Um, I'm Jesse, uh, and uh, I guess I'm here to talk about the glorious 8th Legion, the Night Lords. I will say, the second you started doing that, the side of my brain that plays Sisters of Battle was like, Get the flamer! <laughs> it better be a heavy flamer. Damn it, they're in the rafters again. Yeah. Oh, we in the yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so uh, gave it away a little bit, but yes, we brought Jesse here to talk about the 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 Eighth Legion, the Night Lords. Right? I don't know much about them actually. I I know about I know about their Primarch because my friend uh, Woonvog, a regular guest on our regular show, is a big fan of the Salamanders and has told me some some things about. Oh yeah, yeah. No, so. uh, no. Um, yeah. If you ever want a real bummer. Get your hands on a Horace Heresy novel called Vulcan Lives. It's literally just Conrad Kerr's torturing Vulcan for a few hundred pages. It's kind of brutal. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, um, so if you don't mind, just real quick, if you're listening to this, we're going to assume you know the basic layout of 40K. We've talked about it enough. We're in season two of Geeks of Grimdark. So, as such, why don't, Jesse, why don't you just give us a what you consider to be your... Um, your opening, your general intro to the, this faction, however you would try to sell them okay. to uh, to someone. Okay. Well, the way that I would like to that I usually sell them is uh, I is uh, the what I like to call the meme description of the army. I have meme descriptions for all my armies because why wouldn't I? Uh, and my meme description for the Night Lords is that they are genetically enhanced, sadistic serial killer space terrorists who are goth as fuck. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, that's very accurate. I mean, it beats the typical Batman comparison. Well, yeah, I, I, did, I, I, I did. I don't like the Batman comparison. I mean, I get it, but eh. Yeah, I once heard the Primarch referred to as if Batman and the Punisher combined and had no moral compass. So. Uh, more like. Yeah. It, it, 
more like if, if Batman and Wolverine combined and had uh, no moral compass. Well, the thing is, is I would argue he has a very strong. Yeah, moral compass, yeah, that, ahead that, of that's, ourselves. yeah. Um, okay, so here's the thing: is uh, you know, I'm assuming everyone has a basic idea of what the Primarchs are. Like each of them had a specific role that they were supposed to play in the Imperium, and uh, the the thing that everyone thinks Kurz's role was supposed to be was he was supposed to be like the arbitrator or like the judge. Ah, like, so if it, so if it isn't obvious, the faction we're talking about is a faction of um, chaos, yeah, they're, space they're, uh, chaos space marines. Chaos space marines. So like Kurz, basically, he got raised on this like he well he didn't get raised he raised himself on this shithole planet called Nostromo, which uh, imagine the city from Blade Runner, but it's always dark, and the mob is literally in charge of everything. Isn't Nostromo the name of like the ship from Event Horizon or something? Uh, yeah. No. The, uh, no wait. Nostromo is uh, alien. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I have Okay, right path, wrong movie. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I didn't go alien instantly. I actually have like a, a Nostromo uh, crew hat somewhere around here because I'm an alien freak. But um yeah, so, so the thing is is that Kurz had this inbuilt sense of like justice. He thought justice was super important. But and the thing is is uh he he grew up on Nostromo, which is a uh, it's just a planet of murderers and poets. Think Gotham on meth. Yeah, Gotham on meth, but worse in every possible way than what you're imagining. Now, the thing is, he had this sense of justice, but the thing is, is he had a, an innate desire to punish the guilty. He did not have the same innate desire to protect the innocent. So, like, there, I just read um, his Primarch's novel, the, uh, Conrad Kurz, The Night Haunter, last night, and he um, he sees a couple of, like, get, get street gangers, like, trying to... T- you know, take advantage of an assault, this young woman. And, you know, he stops them. Uh, he kills one of them, lets one of them get, run off so he can have fun chasing him. Doesn't make any effort to comfort the woman, bring her home or anything. He just starts chasing down the other kids so he can torture him to death. Those are the key words there. Torture to death. <laughs> yes. Um, because the the thing is, is that Kurz believed that the only thing that keeps people in line is fear of punishment. And to make people afraid of the punishment, you make the punishment the most horrible thing that you can possibly do. Like, um, there's a uh, there's a scene in that book where uh, um, he's... Uh, basically, that book's him, like, you know, talking to this weird statue he made of the Emperor. It's very, it's very weird. <laughs> but um, he uh, flashes back to Nostromo when he was, you know, in the process of killing all the criminals so he could take over. And he he breaks into the apartment of this woman who's about to commit suicide and he's like suicide is illegal it's a crime so you can't just be a statistic if you die if you kill yourself more people will kill themselves so i'm gonna lit then he proceeds to literally skin her alive Ooh, ooh. the, the logic there i kind of get it right he's saying like i make an example of you so that other people yeah. won't do this thing but it's still pretty that's that is very messed up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he grew up on the streets of this terrible planet and this terrible, like, just city, like, eating rats and eating his victims because he didn't know any better. Like, he had no one to guide him as a young person. But, like, Kurz is a walking tragedy. Yes. Like, he... And the other thing is that he, um, kind of like Sanguinius, he wasn't, like, a full-on psyker, but he could see the future. And specifically, he saw the Horus heresy coming, and he would constantly have visions of his own death. And the really messed up thing is when he would um, uh, track down one of his victims, he would see their future if he didn't kill them. 
Hmm. You would see all these different possible futures. Like uh, there's this example where he uh, was was chasing down that rapist. He um, is about to kill him, but he gets paralyzed in one of his visions, and he sees that if he doesn't kill him, you know that there's this that there's this future where this kid like uh, becomes like uh you know uh, he helps the kid and the kid like you know helps other people get off the streets and more peacefully uh, spreads justice on Nostromo. But the thing is, is that no matter what, the worst possible future is the one that always seemed the most real to him. Mm. So we'd okay. see these beautiful, like inspiring futures for these people, and then realize that no, uh, that's all. That's not going to happen. I'm going to kill this person. Is a true pessimist. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you can't really blame him. Like, uh, there's in in the uh, novel, he's arguing with his weird flesh statue of the emperor, and he's just like, "Father, why did you make me this way? I don't understand. Why okay. did you make me this way?" <laughs> you didn't mention it was a flesh statue. Oh, before. oh yeah, that changes things. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. He uh, he like. Yeah, he like takes a bunch of his uh, chapter's slaves and and uh, they're like frozen by their own spilled blood to to this golden throne that he set up in his like bedroom and he's just like you know in there wearing nothing but a cape made out of feathers just like <laughs> forged you know, trying to sculpt the emperor out of people. You know, every legion of space marines definitely can trace a lot of its personality to to its primarch. Some more so and less so than others. Uh, is the horror that we're feeling right now at this, the story of Curse, pretty accurate for the Legion as a whole? <laughs> um, yeah, actu actually, like, because when he was found, um, okay, so he didn't know his name was Conrad Curse until the Emperor found him. He, the people, he only had a name because the people of Nostromo gave him a name because they were afraid of him. They called him the Night Haunter. And, uh, when the Emperor found him... I think actually, uh, basically, he's like, "That's not my name." The emperor's like, "Conrad Kurz, it's okay. I'm going to take you home." And he says, "No, my name is Night Haunter," because there's actually a, a theory. I think, um, I think, I think, that, right there, yeah, that's where the that's where the Batman comparisons come in. That idea of like, yeah, yeah, for so. sure. Like, I mean, it doesn't help that if you read the novel, he literally jumps off a building and like you know starts you know murdering people all vigilante style like Batman. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, no, I will say this about the Night Lords. What makes them a really interesting army, and we'll go into it, you know, more later on, I'm sure, but they're really hard to get right because you oh, go yeah. too far in one direction, they just become goofy, you know? Like, no, no, this is over the top. This is just ridiculous. But you go too far in the other, and they lose what makes them special. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they're, the thing about them particularly if you read uh, Aaron Dembski Bowden's Night Lords trilogy, is their, their, what makes them an interesting legion is their motivation. Like, they do not follow the Chaos Gods. And in fact, it's, it, there's a ton of stuff in those novels where it is very common for like them to just completely shit on anybody within their legion that does. So, um, they're, so while they're against the Imperium as traitors, they're not for the Dark Powers. Yeah, no, the thing is, is that they, they threw in with Horus because the, they, they had just blown up uh, Nostromo because basically they were getting recruits from Nostromo. Like the, the mob took over again and was like emptying out the prisons and sending like all these criminals to the legions to be recruited and turned into space marines. So like he was like, we've got So like if Conrad Kurz, he flew his fleet back there and exterminated his home planet. Jeez. Yeah, so, like, they, the Emperor was trying to call him back for censure, um, because, like, the way that the Night Lords fought under Kurz 
they viewed themselves as a weapon of terror. Like, they felt that if they went down on a planet and, you know, if they, you know, tortured a couple thousand people to death, then they wouldn't have to kill as many people from, like, leading a full Astartes spear tip down there or, like, bombing the place. And that's what I think makes them interesting, is I do yeah. like that idea of an Astartes. Like, listen, we are going to do the most horrible, heinous things, but guess what? This war will be over in a week, and that yeah, means exactly. we're the good guys. And exactly. everyone's like... You're not wrong, but at the same time, is that someone's face you're wearing? Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, there's actually uh, there's actually numerous uh, points in the heresy that um, where like pe- the where like you know the, the the emperor will show up to a planet you know to try and you know get them into compliance, and he'll be like, yeah, you know, you know, we're great, we're the Imperium, you should join the Imperium, and they're like, well, I don't know, you know, I've heard all about you and like all your space marine legions and stuff, but I don't think we want to join, and the emperor would say something like, well, you know about my legions, have you heard of the Eighth? Because uh, if you don't join up, I can send them, and they just said, yeah, no, we got it, you good, yeah, we're we're in. <laughs> Like, hmm. like they had that terrifying of a reputation. Fear. Yeah. 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 The the Metal Gear Solid villain for sure. Um, what is what is great about that is because I'm I'm still early on in the Horus Heresy series, right? I'm in the fifth book right now with, with Ulrich here. All the Orcs read a bunch more than me, and I feel like it sets up a pretty strong. If you've heard of Space Marines, why are you fighting at all? And let alone, that means that to me, if the Night Haunters are this like, or Night Lord, or I, all right, real quick, terminology wise, I keep mixing it up in my head. It, it's he's the Night Haunter. Are they called the Night Haunters or are they the Night, Night Lords? Lord. The, okay, so I, I was right. All right, so so if the Night Lords are like that on top of regular Astartes reputation, that you know, that yes. says something. Yeah, there's actually, uh, if you go and uh, here, here's what the there's actually a quote from the Emperor where he just said, send the eight and. Like basically, so the re- getting back to why they threw in with Horus is they felt that the Emperor had sculpted them in such a way and made Kurz in such a way that he sculpted the Eighth Legion into this like terrifying, terrible weapon of of fear and terror, and that was all they could ever be. And he f- and they felt that like as soon as the Emperor didn't need need them anymore, they'd just be cast aside and purged. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's heresy stuff. We can't go into her- uh, Horus heresy. He doesn't stuff, want to spoil so. it for me. <laughs> well, there's really good stuff. I do, I, I do really like them in the Horus heresy. They are really interesting. So let's move on. How'd you get into them? What was it like? How did you see these and go? Yeah, I, I want to do this. Well, um, a big part of it was definitely the color scheme was really striking. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like I, I, I used to say, like, yeah, if I start chaos, I'll probably do world eaters. But my friend had a world eaters army, so I didn't want to go there. And uh, a friend at the the, the FLG I, pl- I played games at, I cannot wait till they open again. God, this world is a nightmare. But um, uh, a friend of a friend, uh, he would he, he was way into all the books and he, he was telling me about them and they just sounded super cool. And I like meant to read those novels. And uh, I, I, I got my hands on the first one, um, uh, Soul Hunter. And it was just, inc- it's just incredible. Like the characters in those books are delicious like like 
Talos, the main character of the Night Lord series, is just such a compelling character. Like, the reason he's fighting the long war and, like, the things he's willing to do. But at the same time, he treats, like, his chapter serfs very well. He's just such an interesting character. And then, uh, when uh, one year, uh, a couple, it was either, was it 2018, 2019? Anyway, it was 2018, I think. My mom bought me some Warhammer minis for uh, Christmas. I, I had been playing for about a year at that point, And she got me two things. She got me a set of Space Marine Scout snipers, which I already had a bunch of because I play my main army is Raven Guard. So got scouts out the ass. But she got me uh, by mistake. She bought me a, a squad of Chaos Raptors, which are like one of the things that the Night Lords really like to use. So I was like, fuck it. I'm starting a Night Lords army. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah. No. What is the real, real sidebar for those just listening? What is the color scheme? Uh, it's uh, blue and gold, um, blue armor, gold trim. Uh, a lot of times you'll see like lightning bolt in the artwork and some people paint it. I don't except for vehicles because it's a pain. But a lot of times they'll have like lightning bolts in their armor um, and uh, their insignia um, uh, is uh, one of two sources that maybe Avenged Sevenfold stole their logo from. Not sure, but it's a it's a it's a fanged skull with bat wings. It's the wing skull of Nostromo. A wings. Oh, I, I totally. Yeah, the Avengers Sevenfold symbol. Okay. Yeah, which uh, is that? I mean, is, did it first. <laughs> is that what? Is that what the the Night Lords listen to when they go into battle? Avengers Sevenfold. Because um, I can see that. More likely, it's probably Overkill because Overkill had that logo first. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but, was, uh, uh, sidebar. That's actually one of my favorite pastimes is to think about what different factions in 40k listen to when they go into the battle. The only ones I, I know for certain fair. are that. Yeah, the only ones I know for certain is that orc freebooters listen to alestorm and sisters of battle listen to power wolf that's all i know so <laughs> i mean i agree on both points uh in addition to being a giant nerd i'm a massive massive fucking metalhead so. oh and the and the black templars listen to sabaton okay i'm done <laughs> i mean a lot of factions listen to sabaton yeah but especially the black templars or especially the imperial guard one of the i could go either way so. I, I'd say I don't know about Black Templars. We'll have, we'll have, I'll have to have a discussion with you on that one because I feel like I, I <laughs> probably got some input on that. But I look um, forward to that. Anyway, back to the Night Lords. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, yeah, just the color scheme and the narrative, like that, the fact that they're like Chaos Marines who like don't worship the Chaos Gods was like pretty cool to me. Um, and no. you know, going through those novels, like there's a couple of characters in the the, the main squad, First Claw, because they don't call their squad squads; they call them claws. Okay. Um, they, there's like uh, there's this one character named uh, Syrian. He's like been corrupted by Slanesh, so he can like feed off of fear of his victims, and he can. So he's like fear. he's like Pennywise, but as yeah. a space marine. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, except for the shape shifting. But like no, but like none of his squad mates like trust him because of that. They're always talking about him being corrupted. And then there's a character in uh, in the same squad named Uzus, and uh, Uzus is basically a horn berserker. And he's constantly getting into uh, getting the them into trouble because <laughs> he's a blood crazed maniac. <laughs> like there's mul there's a multiple instances when they're in the drop pod, you know, getting waiting to be dropped into to go fight, and he's like, "Blood and skulls, skulls for the Red King, blood for the Blood God," you know, standard corn berserker stuff. And the rest of them are just like, "Will you shut up? <laughs> we don't want to hear that." <laughs> yeah, but um. 
it's it's really interesting because the way that that uh, our Lord and Savior ADB writes Uzas as this corn berserker is like you get flashes of what he used to be before he was corrupt. Like you get flashes of him being this like intelligent like tactical sergeant every now and again, and it's just every every Aaron Dembski Bowden is the king of writing Chaos Marines, hands down. Well, yeah. But uh, that seems to me like that's just a great example that the Night Lords are walking tragedies in that they were born in a horrible, horrible world and then, you know, molded into killing machines and then going, hey, you know, all those terrible experiences, you know, you live through, go do them to other people. Like there was there was this did not this never ended well. This was just always destined for bad. And that's that's why I like when Kurz is written well. That's why I like him and his legion. It's like, oh, you poor bastards but oh, i also yeah. like them is the other side of that is when they're written as machiavellian villains it's just like i'm going to do whatever i want because i can and i'm okay with that it's like you do you that okay yeah. that works yeah for sure the other cool thing that i really like about them is like they've got like that gothic element right like that like you know like romantic period like you know edgar Allan poe proper like, gothic yeah yeah um like literary gothic <laughs> not like can we talk goth- about the batwing helms yeah, that, those are their ceremonial helmets. Some of them wear them into combat. Um, I have uh, some that I had 3D printed that I'm going to use for my chosen squads. I, I will say this. The Forge World and the newer ones are better because the wings are kind of swept back in more of a stylized helmet. But the olden ones, when they literally stuck out the sides. Oh, yeah. I don't know who signed off on that one. It's like, they yeah. look scary. Like, no, they look ridiculous. Why yeah. do they have wings? Do they fly into battle on the wings? No? Well. Yeah, they, um, yeah. And, and to be fair, Night Lords have always kind of struggled with that aesthetic of like, okay, few skulls and hands, that's good. If the guy's walking around with a torso attached to him, you've gone too far. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, but like going back to the whole gothic thing is like their their language is very the Nostraman language is like super flowery and and uh, like Kurz mentions it in his novel. He says um, something like uh, it was a planet of uh, liars and poetry is the liars art. So like everything's like vaguely poetic and over the top. Like there there um, there's this one scene in the first book. Uh, so the book mostly follows. Um, two of of uh the main character talos's uh slaves uh uh a navigator for like their ship and uh his and his, uh his like artificer but like there's this is one scene where this is alert going on in Nostraman and uh the the new girl the new slave uh octavia the the navigator she's like what the hell does that mean and uh septimus the other one is like well it doesn't really translate and she's like we'll try and uh the the call to arm up is sons of our father stand in midnight clad we bring the night sons of our father repeat it one more time sons of our father stand in midnight clad we bring the night stand in midnight clad we bring the night that sounds pretty yeah that's pretty hardcore yeah no they're pretty they're pretty bitching uh so real real quick when i think of be- only because of the whole torture elements and stuff. Uh, but it, it sounds to me like, in general, the Night Lords are about psychological, um, more than more than like physical torture necessarily, which is definitely more of like a straight up Slanesh and Corn kind of thing. And I also associate the whole physical torture thing with the Drukhari. Mm-hmm. So it's like, am I wrong in saying that it's mostly? How do I put it this way? It's making me think of like in Diablo, how like Diablo himself is the Lord of Terror. So the Night Lords are specifically about like about messing with your mind. I mean, they oh, are yeah, going to screw absolutely. up your body, but it's about your mind that really matters. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah. Um, 
like there's a there's a thing um during the great crusade they conquered an entire planet by just like basically broadcasting snuff films over uh planet wide constantly and like they use like vox amplified screams uh to like knock out communications um there's this this one particular incident where they slaw- they uh they took out a planet's leader and then tortured said leader's daughter to death and then broadcast the footage of the torture planet wide until the uh, planet's military surrendered so you know there's a thing I've, I've recently been watching overly sarcastic productions and they had this video where they were talking about grimdark as a genre. <laughs> good episode. Yeah. Good episode. Yeah. yeah. And they, you know, they, they mentioned Warhammer 40 K and they're talking about like, what is the appeal of grimdark? And I thought about like what the appeal of grimdark is. And part of what is appealing to me about grimdark is the idea of struggling um when the struggle itself has meaning, finding meaning in what you're doing, not in a reward or a things turning good. Or so because of that, like what I love about the sisters of battle or and the orcs is like a lot of the like hardcore ness of them. And when you're already in a universe like 40k where everyone is essentially the bad guy, like aligning yourself with the the even more extreme bad guys already, like chaos is is an interesting yeah. psychological thing. And then when you hear stories about like what you just said, it's like, huh, I guess that comes into that, like, I'm a decent person in life. So in fantasy, I could be like, murder this girl <laughs> and, and project it over across oh, the yeah. planet. Yeah, so. yeah you, you know, it's fun to twist the mustache. But that's a great example of that fine line when it comes to writing Night Lords. It's like, yeah, because when you get down to it, Space Marines are nine foot tall killing machines just any flavor to begin with they can rip you to shreds without even batting eye that is inherently terrifying if you don't believe me go stand next to a person that's like seven feet tall it will freak you out because it's like you are inhumanly big now the night lord's like how do we amplify that we remove any moral compassion or rules of engagement so to speak and just go go at them boys yeah, they're um so like like I might have mentioned, my main army and my first army I played when I got back into 40k uh, as an adult was uh, the Raven Guard because I liked that kind of like stealthy like spec ops element. Uh, that ties up... into the the goth thing just as easily. So oh, oh yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, that was an accident. But like <laughs> I just I, I liked you know the super goth thing about the Night Lords, but the way they they operate is um is they you know they use their their fear tactics. Um, their, their chapter tactic, uh, act, or like Legion trade is actually called, uh, terror tactics. It gives you a minus one leadership debuff, uh, but which, uh, unfortunately, uh, with how leadership works in night doesn't really do much. And I'm basically playing without a chapter trait. So that's a yep. blast. But anyway, um, yeah, sorry like, about that ninth edition. You'll get used to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sure that it's once the Chaos edition. Codex comes out, it'll be great though. <laughs> Because it seems like the Death Guard Codex is pretty awesome, but uh, they'll they'll just do like the one thing that I always think about um, is uh, in I I don't remember if this is in the second or the third book the second book uh, or maybe it's the first one I, I don't remember uh, but it might be it might have been said multiple times but there's multiple times when they're getting ready for a mission and one of them will say remember if we get into a fair fight we lose. Huh, I feel like I I definitely feel like I've heard that one before. Yeah, pretty. That's one of my favorites about them is that like 
you know, the thing is, is that like their infrastructure is crumbling. They don't have the kind of like dark Mechanicum connections that like the uh, Black Legion or Word Bears or what have you have. So like they're basically fighting in the books to just try and like keep their equipment in shape. Actually, that, so real quick, if you take a moment from the lore, uh, just from a game perspective, like what is their what what makes them interesting flavor wise? They're not mechanics wise from other like chaos space Marines. I'm just curious. Okay. That's actually a whole thing. Uh, I'm actually going to go grab my copy of faith and fury because uh, they actually, here it is. They actually, um, in my opinion, they blend, they blend like that narrative aspect. Uh, like, you know, they blend the fluff and the crunch so well. Like all of their stuff is so narrative and like, you know, so appropriate to the lore um, the thing is, is they are hard to use. So, like I said, their their chapter tactic is er, their legion trait. I keep thinking chapter tactic because uh, the imperator, I guess. But um, like, uh, there it's you, you get a minus one leadership debuff, being that you know they're they're scaring the shit out of people, and that makes sense, know, yeah. Things, but like they're, um, but like you know they've got their stratagems from uh, from from uh, faith and fear. Like there's one called prey on the weak. Basically, you get a bonus if uh, if uh, you're attacking a unit with with a lower leadership score than yours. There's there. Oh yeah, here's here's my a favorite of mine that I never get to use. Play them alive in the fight phase when an enemy unit is destroyed. Basically, until the end of the turn, whenever a morale t- test is taken within a foot of that of your Nightlord's unit, your opponent has to roll an additional d6, and you get to pick which result they keep. Mm. Yeah. So- so like it's all kind of stuff like that. Um, they do have a really good one for uh, for Raptors called uh, Raptor Strike. Uh, works on Warp Talents too. Uh, but uh, the when a jump pack unit comes out of reserve, you can pay a command point and have a three d six charge instead of two d six. And I did say three d six, not three d six. Drop the lowest three d six. Just straight three d six. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Which is ridiculous. And you know they got stuff for stealth. Um, they have one called We Have Come for You, which is their like battle cry um and that like prevents people from that prevents anything that's not a vehicle from falling back so so they're about oddly enough i'm getting like D fear mechanic ideas from this so they're about screwing with opponent's leadership blitz tactics and basically forcing you to remain in situation forcing your opponent to remain in situations that they don't want to be in <laughs> exactly exactly and uh Every and all their sh- all their stuff just has really cool like names like the the one relic power sword that I like to use is just called Flare and it's got it and uh, anytime you whenever a model's killed uh, with that weapon it counts as two destroyed models for when your opponent makes uh, a morale check and being that like your night lords they're already getting a penalty to that so it if you know what you're doing and like your opponent's playing something like guard that's like not great with leadership. Like you're gonna be, they're gonna be losing models. Like it's nobody's business. Uh, one of my armies is terrible at leadership, so I'm aware of this this fear. So, yeah. but hey, you're green, so it's good. Green is best. Anyway, so, <laughs> but it sounds like they're not like particularly focused on melee or or stealth or range specifically. They're more like, all right, we're still general space marines. We just or we just have all these extra like fun little mechanics yeah, that are yeah, flavor no, filled. Like, yeah, so. like it's it's certainly not a beginner's army, but like they've just like plus like 
everything they have is just cool. Like they have a warlord trait called Night Hunter's Curse, which is just some like I don't ever use it because it's just a, like a like basically a couple extra rerolls around, mm-hmm. uh, which is that's cool because like uh, Talos has the Night Hunter's Curse, like he has the visions of the future and stuff. My favorite though is uh is uh, called One Piece at a Time. That's sad. Uh, I'm, I'm scared already. So uh, the, this warlord can charge in a turn in which they fell back when resolving an attack made with a melee weapon against this warlord subtract one from the hit roll. So he's that makes him slippery as hell. Then exactly, so, yeah. And oh, well, because he can, has the because he can kind of see the future. Okay, I, I get it. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that Night Hunter's curse is the future seeing one. It's just like. He the idea it I think I like the the description uh, for this one. The warlord prefers to toy with his prey, striking hard and fast, and vanishing once more. His injured and helpless victims completely at his mercy. So it's like he goes what in. Mercy, you know, he sir. Messes. <laughs> um. Oh, fun thing. Uh. The 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 uh. Conrad Kurz. He, he used three weapons. He used these things called widowmakers, which are Nostroman throwing knives, and he had a pair of matched lightning claws. One of them was named Mercy. The other one was named Forgiveness. <laughs> Try and you know, tell me that's like, not fucking awesome. I I love it. I mean, it reminds me of I'm not to change topics slightly, but like in D anD D right now, in one of my games, I'm playing a a Way of Mercy monk, and that term is fun in it, in that you have this ability called you know your hands, uh, like your hands of mercy. One of them heals people, and the other one just does necrotic damage and hurts people because mercy can mean healing someone or killing someone. And oh, so shit. Yeah, I get I get it. I so. didn't know about Way of Mercy monks. I uh, played D anD D in a little while. That's and uh, monks one of my favorite classes in Fifth, so I might have to check that out. We will talk later because it's an yes. amazing subclass. But that's pretty sick. But anyway, the idea of like. Mercy as I can totally see based on what you've told us the idea that the Night Lords see sometimes what they do to people, especially what Connor Kurz did to people as a mercy. Like I am what? I'm showing mercy by removing you from this situation. Consider the setting. Is he wrong? I mean, sometimes he does swift swift deaths, so again, all descriptions in Stromo getting killed might have been better. And the really tragic thing is when he was running Nostromo, it worked. Everyone lived yeah. in butt-puckering fear, but it yeah. worked. Now, here's the problem with, with him running Nostromo, is he was the only law enforcement. He was, like, the thing is, is he did not, like, create any kind of, like, policing organization or anything like that. Well, you so know, there's... He was there's... it, so when he left with the Emperor, shit just went south immediately. It's funny, because that kind of touches on, uh, I don't know, if, I know Pavlov did the dogs, but I don't know who did the rats. Skinner Box, there we go. The Skinner Box uh, thing, where it's like, when, first of all, do you guys know the Skinner Box? Uh, uh, no. Ulrich? Um, going back to my Psychology 101. Okay, anyway, I'll just, for, since, for those of you who don't know, basically what he did was he stuck uh, a rat in a box, and at first, he made it so that when the rat pressed this button food would come out. And so the rat would press the button, food would come out, and he'd eat it, and he'd go about his little rat life, and then when he was hungry, he'd press the button, he'd eat it. Then he, he put that same rat in another box, but except this time the button didn't do anything. So the rat would press the button, and nothing happened, and he did it a few times, and then he eventually just gave up and left it alone. But then he took a, another rat, and he put it in a, another box, and he, did, he repeated this experiment a few times to show it wasn't just like rat personality or something. And he made it so that when the rat pushed the button sometimes food came out basically a random one and because of that the rat would constantly push the button just always and like not stop so 
and what this touched on is this idea of that, like, when you don't know if something could happen, then you're more likely to, uh, I mean, it's basically the psychology behind gambling already, but what it touches on here is the idea if, of, hey, if I commit a crime and maybe the Night Haunter is in this city, I'm going to get brutalized and murdered, so best not take the risk. It's the same, like, psychology, but happening in the other direction, essentially. Wait, you mean to tell me that Night Haunter's off the planet? Sweet! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Time to go press that button. Oh, yeah, no, like, immediately, all of the crime families that were in charge of Nostromo uh, before Conrad took over, as soon as he's gone, they just murdered the Imperial government and took the planet back. <laughs> yeah. Which, that is, again, leads to an interesting little bit you can talk on that I've always liked, is that Curse did not like his sons. Oh, no, no. He didn't like most people. <laughs> but that is just, like, there's a couple prime marks where that's the case, but it's really interesting in the Night Haunts. Of it's, yeah. Listen, we've, we've had a rough time, but you know what? We're here with our gene father, and things are going to be good. All right. Fuck you guys. I hate you. Well, this just sucks worse. I wish I was back on Nostromo. Yeah, um, like... There's... I, I just love the trickle-down daddy effect that is the Primarchs. Yeah. Bad dads make bad dads make bad dads. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, if in the Primarchs case, mom had a little bit to do with that, too, I've learned recently. But yeah, no, like, there's a, I don't remember where it is, but, like, I think in one of the books they say, he says that, like, we're the only Legion that's hated by our father. Cough, cough, world eaters, cough, cough. Well, I mean, world eaters don't have emotion other than kill. So to say, Angron doesn't hate as much as he's just angry at everything. So that's a that's a complex uh, one there. So. Yeah, uh, I'm, it's I'm a different kind of hate. I'll, I'll I'm give it that. I'm listening to Siege of Terror right now, and things with Angron have escalated significantly. Just a little bit. Anyway, though. So yeah, because like I know, I will admit that I have I know enough that I I know how Conrad Curse ends. I don't want to rehash it because of. Uh, I'm trying not to spoil stuff for myself in the Horus Heresy series, but I would like you to elaborate on that. Like, at what point is that something that is confirmed ever? Did Conrad Kurz, like, disavow his own legion at some point? Or? Okay, firstly, uh, no. it's 40k. Nothing's ever confirmed. It's no, this is, vaguely this is hinted confirmed. at. Uh, his, his fate is pretty confirmed. Uh, although he was wearing, his crown has a jewel, had a, that he was wearing when he, when he was killed, had a jewel in it that looked oddly similar to an Eldar soul stone, apparently. So who the fuck knows? There it is. But, they never, they, they will never fully answer a question. They will. Yeah. But well, I mean, that's um, also the, that's also every Primarch is not the only Primarch that we know 100% certain is absolutely positively dead and not coming back is Horus. <laughs> Cause that was uh, like, Horus Manus. okay. I haven't heard that one. I'll take your word for it though. But, um, yeah, as far as the thing is about Kurz's death is, is it's such an important thing to the Night Lords. Um, actually, the first book is called Soul Hunter, uh, which was a title that uh, Kurz gave to the main character Talos because his Kurz is basically Kurz got taken out by a Calidus assassin uh, and he knew it was going to happen and he let it happen, basically. Uh, yeah. And he ordered the Legion, do not... Um, do not uh, try and stop the assassin, and do not take vengeance upon the assassin. He was and, just done at that point, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. But Talos was the only uh, legionary who disobeyed the order out of love for their father. 
and that's why he was called the soul hunter because he was the one that hunt uh, i i don't remember the wording exactly but uh so they decided the rest of the night lords uh decided to get in after it after they realized that the assassin stole kurz's shit that they so, wanted so is that why sorry i just i'm coming back to the original question is that why we say that the that the night lords are hated by their father like what is the what's um, the impetus there uh it's kurz is is very complicated um I'm not sure how to put this. Um, I know that is, I know that. Uh, he is, I, he, actually, I've got it. So, like, the thing is, is that he um, he had this sense of justice, and he did these things because he thought that they that was how he could bring justice to Nostromo or to the galaxy. But the thing is, like, the, the, that thing I talked about, where he, where that woman who was going to commit suicide and he skinned her alive, he says to her, "I assure you, I will not enjoy this at all." And then he goes, "But that tasted a lie." Now the thing is, is his is um is his that son. the impression. The Sorry, they enjoyed it. Like they were supposedly they were doing it to be this weapon of terror, but they 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 fucking loved it. They enjoyed it. Wait, so real quick, the impression from I, criminals. The impression yeah. I'm getting from you is that Conrad Kurz did enjoy these horrible things, but he didn't want to enjoy these horrible things. Yeah, like he actively absolutely. was against it. So okay. Yeah, um, he actually, uh, there's, where's his last words? I had those uh, written down here somewhere. Actually, I've got them. Right. Maybe I don't. Yes, Jesse, you're prepared. Because, um, <laughs> like, his last words to the assassin, um, your presence does not surprise me, assassin. I have known of you ever since your craft entered the eastern fringes. Why did I not have you killed? Because your mission and the act you are about to commit proves the truth of all I have ever said or done. I merely punished those who had wronged, just as your false emperor now seeks to punish me. Death is nothing compared to vindication. I have definitely read those words before. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, he he's complicated. But the, the thing is, is he felt that, like, he didn't have any other choice than to be the way he was. Mm -hmm. Because of the future, because like he was constant, like I said, he was constantly seeing the future, including his own death. Is it really surprising that he went batshit? Yeah, well, as uh, as we see in many stories, all tracing back even to Balder and Norse mythology, being able to see your own death generally doesn't lead to good things. So, well, I don't know, they might have retconned this, but there was for a while, I know, once upon a time, that the there was a split personality going on uh that's the, possible like, like the night haunter and curse were two separate entities and i don't yeah. have to work on that um well the thing is, is that was never confirmed i think that was just like uh i, I haven't read lord of the night which is the novel where that kind of came from uh, i've been meaning to but um that it kind of implies that he might have been that way and uh and honestly, if you read uh, Conrad Kurz, The Night Haunter, it kind of implies that that could maybe be the case. Um, but like, but like at the same time, like I said, Conrad Kurz is is complicated. Yes, and I think we've talked about like him and the Night Lords are very hard to write for that reason. Is they, they really ride that fine line, which yeah, makes them when they're fun to read, they're really good. And then other times, it's just like, oh. You're just like that one guy in the gaming group that's way too into chaos and you kind of want you don't want to be around them. You're just like, yeah, you know, this is a game, right? Yeah. 
or the people that genuinely think the Imperium would be a good form of government. Yeah, uh, same uh, group. Yeah, like, you're you're not seeing the parody at play here. Yeah, um, but yeah, also uh, a big part of uh, Kurz is uh, I feel like his uh, I've I've read that his name uh, kind of might have come from Heart of Darkness. Uh, you know, Kurtz, which you know, Apocalypse Now, Colonel Kurtz, but. Like the original novel, Apocalypse, uh, not Apocalypse Now, uh, Heart, Heart of, Darkness. of Darkness. Yeah, I, I feel like he, there was a lot of inspiration from Heart of Darkness going on with him, which it is, is there. cool in and of, in and of itself. Uh, but yeah, the Night Lords are complicated. That is why they are so cool to me. Like, I, I just like the idea that, like, I'm controlling this legion, uh, this, like, particular warband of this legion who's, like, fighting just because they don't have anything else. Yeah, so real quick, if we take take another quick break from the lore, uh, I, what is your particular army, like your collection, look like? Okay, I don't have a huge army. Uh, like I said, it kind of uh, uh, was spun out of, uh, you know, um, my mom buying me the wrong box for Christmas and deciding to make an army out of it. Um, mm. So um, basically, I, uh, I'm i not one of those chaos players that's like, yo, cultists, I'm going to have lots of cultists. <laughs> uh but I, I run uh, I run small units of chaos space marines, five dudes with the with the champion and a special or a heavy weapon. Um, uh, for, uh, I think I've got three squads that are painted, maybe four. Um, yeah, and what I like to do with them is uh, the way that I kind of get those like shock and awe tactics going is I'll like I'll just dump a couple squads in rhinos or like a land raider, and I will just zip up the board in transports and then just get out and start spraying stuff down with bolter fire. So that that brings me to another quick question because it sounds like from what you're saying you're probably using like your 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 um like your Raven Guard rhinos or something. Oh no, uh, no. No, all right. I was about to be like that's why I was curious because you said you had a few squads. I was like, but you're putting them in rhinos, so. Oh no, I've got I've got uh, some some rhino some chaos rhinos that I painted. Okay. Need to get a third okay. one actually uh, for my like chosen, or maybe I'll have my chosen ride around in the Land Raider. I don't know yet. <laughs> All right, all right, my heart, my heart's calming down now. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, no, I'm doing that with my Death Watch because I can get away with it. I'm not doing that with this. Okay, but that does bring the, the what I was trying to get to was like so I've seen, I've seen Night Lord Space Marines essentially with the we said like the bat wings and and the stuff like that. So what do you do theoretically to say because like my my buddy who plays Chaos plays Thousand Suns, so everything is all egypt and even if it, yeah. the vehicles you make it all like egyptian and pharaoh-y and maybe steal some necron stuff for it so like what do you do to stylistically make like vehicles and and stuff mm. like that uh night lords oh that's a really great question actually um uh so with my like tanks you know i put the you know the typical chaos trophy racks on top with the skulls and stuff um and on my rhinos and you know obviously the transfer sheet can help you with that because it's got you know the logo and some nostroman runes and stuff if you want to go that route um on my land raider though i think is the best example that i currently have of that um is uh what i did with my land raider is i painted some 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 like huge lightning bolts on the side of it and um i uh bought a a kit of age of sigmar skeletons to Mm. be like torture victims that are like hanging off the side of the land raider because that's a thing in the second book i think they have like i think a blood angel yeah i think he's a blood angel uh and they have him like crucified to the side of their land raider with their gladiuses 
Ooh. while they're like torturing him for information. <laughs> that poor sanguineous boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, the, oh, great. Now I'm thinking about how, how good, what good boys the lamenters are, but <laughs> oh, the poor oh, lamenters. The lament. But so, so skeleton imagery is pretty, I mean, with the skull with bat wings, it makes sense. Then general skeleton imagery would be yeah, pretty powerful plus, stuff. Plus they're pretty big on uh, trophies um, from uh, their, uh, their victims. Like they'll, you know, like a lot of chaos Marines, they'll take skulls and bones, hang them off of their armor. Yeah. I mean, in general, I associate trophy collecting with the world eaters only cause you know, corn and, and all that stuff, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty common. I mean, even among loyalist space Marine chapters. That's fair. Yeah. The further you drift from the codex, the more trophy taking you get. Yeah. And again, with Nightlords, that's the right level of edge, for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah. Because that actually, is creepy. Like a guy walking around with a bunch of, you know, finger bones, that's downright disturbing. A guy walking around with a bunch of hands, eh. Then a guy walking around with legs, like, okay, you've gone too far again. You see where the yeah. problem is here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not whole Funny thing, uh, the Corn Berserkery character from the novels, Uzes, uh, he has a cloak that he made from the skins of a royal family of this planet they attacked. Jeez. And yeah, Getting so bloodborne flashbacks with that sentence. Anyway. So yeah, that's that's a way you could kind of make your stuff look more chaosy. Uh, actually, I've got um a Night Lord's Contemptor that I got from my friend that I am one hundred percent sure is an authentic Forge World. It must be, but um, <laughs> uh, that's got like uh like on its shoulder pad, it's got like some like skin hanging off of it. It's got some like femurs like tied onto its leg, and it's got uh, like a whole crapload of skulls hanging off its chest. Jeez. Uh, yeah, um, and the other way is, you know, uh, blood for the blood god paint. Uh, my first squad uh, that I, first couple of squads I did, got a little bit much of that, I will say. But, um, yeah, that, you know, definitely sells that, like, sadistic element for sure. That Like, like I, I remember my first unit champion for my Chaos Space Marine squads. Yeah, I gave him a power fist, so, like, I just put, like, blood for the blood god all over his fist. Like, you know, he'd been, like, you know, slamming people. Yeah, and that kind of is... How do you represent a psychological army on the tabletop outside yeah. of rules? And, well, I'd argue that their rules aren't great right now, but Ninth edition is such a weird beast. I'm really interested to see yeah, what comes out. They're in the same boat as a lot of other armies right now. Like, their stratagems are and their relics are still really good, I would say. That holds um, pretty well. It's yeah, rules no, they're that either decent. they didn't. Rules are always weird. Yeah, so, uh, you know, any army that hasn't had its 9th edition codex yet is just not going to be as good right now. Yeah. So, so back to, I have, I have one more, yeah, because we're, we're, we're encroaching on our time a bit, but I have one more, like, lore question that's okay. on my mind. So you mentioned earlier about how they don't really worship the Dark Powers necessarily. There are individuals that do, obviously, with this, like, squad you were talking about, but not really as a whole. Yeah. They... They'll generally fuck up anybody who gets in their way, regardless of what their faction is. So what is, and let me elaborate after I ask the question, what is their role currently in the Warhammer universe? Because when I think about like, well, there's the Black Legion that, you know, Abaddon is doing his crusades, or you think about, you know, the Death Guard doing their like, you know, spread disease things, or even the, like, uh, the Altharius Omegon like Legion does their like kind of raiding kind of stuff and also maybe other things we don't talk about. So like what do the Night Lords do primarily in the modern setting or the uh, current setting? Okay, so like most things with the Night Lords, the answer to that question is complicated. <laughs> um, so it depends on the individual warband because they're not really unified. 
Um, the only guy that could have done that besides uh, Kurz was it would be it would have been their first captain, Sevatar, and no one knows where the hell he is. <laughs> mm, like okay. most seem to think he's dead, but like it's not really confirmed. Because like last time you see him in the Horus Heresy, like the Dark Angels have it. Well, you know, I I follow what what has been called the Game of Thrones principle, which is if you don't see their death on screen, didn't happen. So exactly. exactly. So uh, it's um actually uh, some people think that uh, that Kurt, that uh, Sevatar uh, might have eventually returned to being a loyalist and started the Carcharodons, but um uh, so like. Uh, I mean, it depends on the warband. Some of them, like, will ally themselves with the Black Legion and, like, you know, go on their crusades. Um, in fact, in the first book, uh, that's what they're doing for a, a portion of it is they're with Abaddon helping him claim some Forge Worlds. Um, what's really funny is uh, this is back when he was referred to as Failbadon. So there's a legit scene <laughs> where Talos meets with Abaddon and Abaddon tries to recruit him. And uh, basically, uh, Talos tells Abaddon how shitty the Black Legion is and calls him a bitch to his face. <laughs> it is That's brave. That is brave. <laughs> and then they realize that shit's going south and they just fucking leave Abaddon there to deal with the Blood Angels. <laughs> <laughs> We're out. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, um, a lot of them act as like pirates. Like, you know, they'll they'll like just do raids, fight in the Long War for supplies, ammunition, weapons, just because they want to. Um... But is it depends date, on the individual warband, really. Yeah, because the date the only the only chaos pirates I know of is I read about the Red Corsairs. But uh, I, oh, oh yeah, that he, that's actually what the second book is about. They uh they like go to the Red Corsairs because their ship's all fucked up. Then they realize here on Blackheart's got an uh, uh uh one of the Night Lords Legion's originables vessels, and they decide, okay, we're gonna do this job for her on Blackheart, and then we're gonna totally fuck him over and steal that ship. <laughs> No honor among chaos, I guess. So well, I no, mean, no, huh? no, they have they have a degree of honor, like um, that. You know, that was as far as they were concerned, that was their ship. I actually understand that. I can, I can, I can understand that idea, especially if it's an original one. That's like, I, I can see loyalist legions doing that. Like, oh, you, yeah. you have, <laughs> like, even looking at another loyalist legion, like, wait, you have one of our like great crusade ships. Give it before we take it from you. Laughs and yeah. soul drinker. I'll yeah. take it. Anyway, <laughs> what I think that covers all my my basic questions. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more. It sounds like there's a lot of good books. Like we never asked oh, yeah. directly about the books, but you've mentioned several of them throughout this conversation. Yeah, well, it's yeah. it's really just the Night Lords trilogy by Aaron Dembski Bowden is just incredible. Okay, Absolutely. yeah, and it's on the read list because one, ADB is an incredible author, and two, everyone that's read them is like, you haven't read the Night Lords on the you have to read the Night Lords trilogy. It's really yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting there, guys. I think they're some of his best. Um, I really also like the Black Legion series by him. Those are also really good. Um, what's funny is if you read First Heretic, it's really good. First Heretic's really good, but there's like two pages where the Night Lords show, show up and fucking just turns into Night Lords wankery. <laughs> you know, you know, Ulrich, it's times like these, I think, that maybe after the current book we're on, we take a break from heresy era books and maybe read some some 40k era books i mean i want to read faith and fire so <laughs> uh, yeah uh i would recommend that because you know the horus heresy wasn't meant to be read like every single book one after the other like because if you do that you're going to subject yourself to a lot of garbage <laughs> <laughs> i have been we haven't that. hit the garbage yet they're, yeah they're but like the first like six or seven read those in order and then just be like okay what do i want to do now <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're not wrong. Anyway, Ulrich, do you have any, any final questions? 
No, I, I think this was a great, this did what we wanted. This is a great introduction into the Night Lords and a great representation of, yes, yes, they are psychopathic murderers, but they're interesting psychopathic murderers, if done right. All right, yeah. well then, well then, does our illustrious guest have any concluding thoughts to leave our, our listeners about the, the Night Lords? Um, well, final thoughts about the Night Lords is, um, you know, when you're building an army, whatever army you build, if you can't get excited about it, you're building the wrong army. And when I first started, like, I, I bought, like, that Chaos Lord with the Thunderhammer to do a test model with. And as I was getting it put together, I just started to realize this is exciting. Like, getting into the mind of, like, what my warband's going to be. Because Chaos Space Marines is one of the, like, ultimate your guys armies, you know? So... Mm-hmm. It, it so, was just so easy to get excited about. So if you're building an army and you're not excited, you're building the wrong army. Yeah, I think that's a great axiom in general for this hobby. So, oh, yeah. all right. Well, then it's at this point that even though I just asked you for concluding thoughts, I'm going to pass the microphone back to you, but also give you this little special box to stand on where you can plug anything you want to plug since you came on the show, you know, so gracefully. <laughs> okay, so like I don't really have too much to plug so i thought about this for a while i mean if you thought my rambling was entertaining you can definitely check out my twitter or my instagram uh the username for both of them is gray g-r-e-y underscore errant like knight errant um but uh i figured what i'd use for my plug is uh i was like hmm, maybe we should get some commission painting out of this deal now nah. um i uh I was thinking about it, and I just couldn't think of anything else. So um, I want to plug this organization called Extra Life. They are a gaming charity. Uh, basically, you can like you can donate money to them directly, or you can like sign up with them, and you can like just organize events uh, of you and your friends playing games, whether they're video games on the tabletop or whatever, to like raise money. And they donate all their money to children's hospitals. And... That sounds awesome. Oh yeah, they're they're great. Uh, definitely look into them. They're pretty cool. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, then thank you again for coming on the show, first of all. Oh, no problem. And uh, Thanks for having uh, me. I had a great time. Well, I had a great time, too. And I'm betting Ulrich did, but I don't like to speak for him. So, <laughs> No, anyway. Night Lords are fun. I like Night Lords. Oh, yeah. They're, they're fun. <laughs> well, Ulrich, why don't you take us into our outro, then? All right. Well, we'd like to thank you all for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe. Do all the various things because that is the lifeblood of podcasts. And the more podcasts there are, the harder that gets. So the more important that becomes. And if you're hearing me speak right now, then you must be hearing it on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcast, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Or if someone else is stealing our stuff, maybe somewhere else. But those are the ones that are official that we know about. If you want us to be on some other place officially that we would know about, well, tell us what that is and we'll look into seeing if it's a possibility. As always, this has been Lord Commander Ulrich. And his shield brother, Axel Wright. Until next time, may the dice roll in your favor.